This is Sid Roth saying, Shalom Mishpacha. Mishpacha is a Hebrew word. It means family. And we're the Mishpacha, the family with a Jewish heart. Welcome to today's edition of Messianic Vision and another appointment for you to be mentored to fulfill your destiny with one of our It's Supernatural guests. And now, here's your host for this program, It's Supernatural television producer, Ryan Bruss. Thank you, Sid. Today on Messianic Vision, our special guest is David Turner. And I've really uh, been enjoying getting into this uh, show and, and this this radio show. It, it, it is an incredible story that David Turner has with his life. And he is seeing undeniable, absolute miracles. You can see it on YouTube. God is raising up this man to teach others not only how to get your healing, uh, but how to pray for others to receive their healing. And uh, David, it didn't always happen that way. You didn't, you weren't born into, uh, uh, you know, praying for the sick. Uh, you, in fact, you, your grandparents on both sides were both immigrants. They were uh, Jewish from a Russian background. And uh, your father was an addicted gambler uh, in, who left you when you were only one, one years old. Tell me about your early life there. Yeah, it's uh, I'm the epitome of irony and uh, even have been called the chief skeptic because uh, I born into a Jewish family. My father left when I was one, and uh, my mother uh, remarried, ironically, to a, a Presbyterian pastor uh, when I was uh, just before I was three years old. So I was raised by him, and people think that's where my faith came from, but actually it is the exact opposite. He was an alcoholic, so I went from a gambler as a father to a stepfather who was an alcoholic, and he would beat us on Saturdays and preach on Sundays. Wow. So, you know, I was the furthest thing from wanting to know Jesus or wanting to know the Christian church. Um, but by the grace of God, I grew up on the straight and narrow because I always wanted to be successful in business and saw it as my way out to move up in life. So uh, very um, earthly-minded, but yet very uh, dedicated towards success. But by the grace of God and through my life, I found out later on in my 20s as I walked back through the doors of, of, of a church and eventually received Jesus six months later that what I thought was my biggest curse in my life actually was my biggest blessing because it's so ironic in this day and age with all that people hear about with healing and, and things that go on out there in ministry, uh, which you know I don't advocate, but I know it exists. It, the great news is Myself, God making me a healing evangelist who hates phoniness and hypocrisy, because that's what those early years did for me. I'm very transparent. I'm very clear. I don't want to make anything up. I don't believe in exaggeration. And I was the, the ultimate, you know, doubting Thomas, God, you have to show me. If you show me, I'll open my eyes, but you're going to have to show me. And uh, so it actually turned out to be my biggest blessing. And, you know, it's incredible how... You know, like you said, you were the chief of skeptics, and, and you saw a lot of rough things growing up. And so you—that's what I love about your ministry. You're, you're very authentic. There's no frills. There's no games. And and uh, I love that about what you're doing. And let me just take you back a little bit, uh, because uh, for those who don't know your story, uh, you, at nine years old, you, you started really working hard. What were you doing at nine years old even? 
Yeah, you know, it's amazing. In fact, I'll I'll uh, I'll back up even to eight years old. It was amazing because I didn't know it was God, but He was giving me visions of life um, that I didn't understand. And through the sadness of my years growing up and loneliness, uh, I didn't know, but it was God speaking to me. I remember when I was eight years old, and what happened is I was at my grandmother's. I would be sent there for the summer, and it was in Florida, and I would see the ocean, and. I remember looking out at the ocean, and God showed me two visions. He showed me, number one, he said how the waves, they when they're out there, it looks like there's no waves, and all of a sudden it comes in and it hits the beach and surprises you. And then sometimes there's a big wave out there, but by the time it comes in, it peters out to nothing. And what God showed me in my life is it would look calm like there was nothing there, and then all of a sudden one day it would hit the beach and surprise people, and my life would would be used that way. The second vision that he showed me was how, as a child, you have all the time in the world to do everything you want, but you have no money and no authority. Right. And when you get older, now you have all the authority, but you have no time and no money. So what he showed me was that I committed my life, since I wasn't doing what I wanted to do as a kid, I basically would sacrifice my childhood to work really hard to get ahead so that I could then really live the life I wanted to when I was older. Um, I thought that was going to be skiing the Alps and jumping out of uh, airplanes, but it turns out it's actually uh, serving the Lord in ministry and freeing up my time to do that. I didn't quite get that part of the vision, but nonetheless, (laughs) it took me where I needed to go. So when I was nine, I literally started working in the city of Buffalo with two huge newspaper routes. And uh, I would work from 4 o'clock in the morning. It was in the bad area of town. And I would deliver a newspaper in these two huge routes and uh, had quite a lot of experiences doing that for a few years until I graduated up to becoming a dishwasher in restaurants and then a busboy. And eventually it's what led me to, by the time I was 19, I opened, I left high school a year early. just trying to move on from my childhood. And uh, after 11th grade, I advanced, placed into college, finished college in two years, came out. And when I was 19, I started my first restaurant. It called the Heaven on Rye. I love that. New York Deli is, every time I read that, yeah, I'd like to head there and have a sandwich. That's for sure. And so you, you learned, you know, business, you learned, you had this thing in you, but you had to be an overcomer. You learn how to be an overcomer, And uh, with all that even business experience, you weren't born again yet, correct? No, I was not. And and that's the key word, what you just said. You know, and that's where we can't take credit for what happens in our lives. Not only does God give us the wisdom or the ability to do things, but literally even the grace. It's not, oh, I'm an overcomer, I'm great. It's God gave me the grace to overcome because when things happen to people, there's one of two ways you go. Either you just fall down and give up and, and, and it works against you, or you rise up and you just refuse to be put down. And that's the spirit that God put in me is when things are, you know, when the going gets tough, the tough get going and not run away, but literally get going. And, you know, some of us, you know, God just gave me the grace. I'm one of those that runs into the fire when that when the building's on fire. And so the more that oppressed me and the more that came against me, the more, you know, God says, you know, Isaiah 59, uh, verse 19, when the enemy comes in like a flood, he will raise up a standard. So the standard that he raises up, and by the way, this goes towards teaching healing later, there's almost like something that rises up in me, almost like a lawyer, like, 
uh, legalistic, like, how dare you, enemy, and you, the devil, you have no legal right. You don't own my life. You have no authority. Because of the blood of Jesus, you cannot be here. And it's that um, demanding spirit that allows me to rise up, to whether it's fight against what happened in my childhood or the attacks so when we get abused or we're put down, that we realize who we are in Jesus and say, no, this is not acceptable. It's not, it's, it's not under authority. Now, there are people listening, David, and I don't want to jump too far ahead, but there's people listening that right now um, we, didn't, we didn't tell, obviously, everything about the—you uh, were even at a daycare where you were abused as a child and so on and so forth. But my point is, you're on the other side of that now. What are what are just the first one or two steps that somebody listening, so they have an open spirit, open a heart as they're listening to this, what is the first step or two to begin to overcome the pain of the past, the regrets, the shame, obviously being born again, which you became, uh, and we'll talk about that in a moment, but what are the first steps to being an overcomer? Well, uh, and if you can get that far quickly, the first step is understanding our identity in Jesus Christ. It is not, you know, we can't overcome by trying to get people to come on board to think we're good or we're beautiful or we're acceptable. People aren't going to get there, and we don't get there about ourselves. It's who God says you are. You know, I love Acts thirteen twenty two. God says, you know, David is a man after my own heart. In this world, so many people are running around giving themselves titles, both positive <laughs> and negative titles. Positive, I'm apostle this, I'm that, I'm, you know, and they're looking for titles to validate who they are. Mm. And on the other side, there's people who are speaking words of death out of their mouth. I'm no good, I'm not beautiful, I'm not able. We're, we're actually putting a title on ourselves that is condemning ourselves, and then those words become manifest. So the the idea is, is that we have to see the truth, that truth will set us free, John eight thirty two. and the truth is how God sees us. When God said, David's a man after—David didn't say, I'm a man after God's own heart, and that's why I never worry what anyone thinks about me. From the beginning, I didn't worry about what my stepfather said. I didn't take the highs of who says I'm great. I don't take the lows of who condemns me. Well, that's good. That's good teaching right there. Okay, so when you— you were 22 years old. You went to a church uh, to seek the truth. Now, what 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 drove you into going to church? Well, it was actually the darkest moment of my life. You know, all my life I succeeded in business and uh, had, like, from a very young age and had done very well, was excellent in school, really knew where I was going. The one thing that never developed in me was uh, relationships and abilities uh, around people. So, you know, seeing all the negativity of, of my mom, my father, stepfather, one of my biggest dreams was I wanted to be the faithful man that gets married, treats a wife like she's a princess, and always be there for my kids since I didn't have a dad who was there for me. And what was devastating is not having a lot of people to lead me in my life. I Before I knew Jesus, I literally met a girl, did everything in the world wrong, moved in with her, thought it would save me on rent. And uh, um, it was a disastrous situation where this person was uh, literally bipolar and had a lot of uh, mental issues. And uh, even to the point where when I tried to leave, 
the person slashed my tires, and normally a, a healthy person would run, and instead I went back to try to make that person happy. Wow. So I set a date a year and a half out to get married because I didn't want to, and I was trying to figure out how to get out of it, and then backed my way into it until I walked into it. So what was, um, what was amazing is I just did everything wrong in the natural in my life, and None of it was according to the Word of God, which is why I counsel people so strongly today. Overcome the flesh and your own desires and walk in the obedience of what Jesus says, because anything less is devastating. So actually what happened is I wound up getting married, and then literally I would go home and this person, I thought, oh, I could change them. Well, literally this person would come home with tears in their eyes saying, I can't believe what you've given me, what you've done for me. And in the middle of the night would grab me by my hair and throw me on the floor out of a sound sleep. Oh, wow. In a rage. And uh, it was devastating. And so I literally wound up uh, going through a divorce. And that is literally my voice dropped an octave. I felt like I have nothing to say to anybody. And this was a very significant moment in my life because the devil always overplays his hand. Because I go to church, it actually, what, what the devil meant to destroy my life, I wind up walking through the doors of the church, getting saved, and then, even though I had a wrong theology, I started, you know, the enemy worked in my mind saying, your life is over, because all I had seen was uh, the hellfire and damnation and the the anger of God and the wrath of God, and nobody, I had never seen the love of God. So mm. my attitude at that moment was, I was so, I felt like God could forgive everyone's sin except mine. Divorce could not be forgiven. And uh, so I felt like my life was over. I couldn't be blessed, no matter what I did. But, you know, the devil overplays his hand so much. Um, we have to listen carefully, because it actually drove me to the point where I thought, well, I might as well just have fun and who cares, because my life is over. But it sounded so stupid to me that I realized that's not even me speaking. So I did the opposite. I said, you know what, Jesus, wrong theology here, but I said, I know you can't bless me, but I've tried life my way and I've screwed it up so bad that I'm just going to obey your word and follow. Even though you can't bless me, I'm just going to follow your word and obey your word all the way. Whatever it says, whatever you say to do, I'm ready to do. And I, I thought I could never be blessed, but literally, um, not only did, uh, as I started doing that over a season of time, not only could God bless me, but Ephesians 3.20, he blessed me exceedingly and abundantly. And I thought my life was over. I thought I'd never be married, have children, anything. And, and God God blessed me so much, wound up, you know, giving me my wife now. I never thought I'd be married again, that she's like an angel. And uh, so on a scale of 1 to 10, I went from a minus 10 to a 20. <laughs> so, um, so at 22 years old, Jesus saved you. He began to restore you. He heal, healing your heart and, you know, the process of all that. But So you were in church for 14 years. It wasn't really until you were around 36 years old that you began to really experience the miracles of Jesus for the first time. And you were at a place in your life where you actually counsel people against the prayer of Jabez. For those who are listening, you can look that up. Uh, you counsel people that this, the prayer of Jabez is a ma magic formula and you don't need to pray just a prayer. And then all of a sudden everything's going to change for you. And then in that process of that thinking and even discouraging people with that, the Lord spoke to you. What did he say? 
Well, and let me back up to that prayer. I counseled, you know, I just sat in church, and I was the average Christian. I, I even helped with the kids on Wednesdays and Sunday school and um, gave my tithes and listened and showed up every week, and I did that for 14 years. The, the prayer of Jabez, why I counseled people against it is because people were starting to think of it like a magic formula, like somehow I pray this prayer and God, I just tack on in the name of Jesus and God has to give me whatever I ask for. Like, oh no, they said the magic word. And that's not what it means. He was praying. The heart of it was God expand my territory for your kingdom. And it, it's, it's not about like getting a house or boat. When it says to pray, to come in the name of Jesus, what it meant was um, not just to pray what you want and then say, in the name of Jesus. In the old days, when you came in the name of the king, they didn't have, you know, cell phones and, and you know, Twitter. They, they actually had to send an emissary, the king did, to another kingdom who would ride to that kingdom and speak exactly what the king said, not his paraphrase, not his own words. So to come in the name of the king, to come in the name of Jesus meant speak the words of Jesus. And I understood that. So that's what I was telling people why, if you're going to pray that prayer. So I started, as I was counseling people, I started praying that prayer. And one day, um, out of nowhere, and I went to a church that didn't necessarily believe in the gifts or, or all of that, or healing, miracles, things like that. And uh, and so a mainline denominational church. And because of that, I didn't understand. But as I'm praying one day, literally, God same prayer of Jabez, all of a sudden I hear a voice inside of me. It's like someone was talking from standing next to me and having a conversation, except it was from inside my, deep in my stomach. And all of a sudden I hear this voice, and literally, and, and I'm very careful, when I say God said, I have the fear of God. So if God said, it's because God said it, the Holy Spirit speaks. Twice or three times I've heard him audibly, the rest of the time it's actually from within. I'm very careful because one of the first times when I heard God speak, he said, everyone's running around saying, God said, God said, and most of the time I've never said it. So I have the fear of the Lord, and I'm not going to say it. If I say God said it's because he really spoke it. And so the words that God spoke to me at that moment, the Holy Spirit spoke. I didn't know it was the Holy Spirit. said, David, I heard these words, David, you have land that you haven't cleared for planting. You have land that cleared and haven't planted it. You have land that you've planted and you haven't weeded it, and you have land that has a crop and you haven't harvested it. Why don't you worry about the territory you've already got, and I'll worry about your new territory. And I was like, wow, who is <laughs> And it was just stunning, because it was like having a conversation, but nobody was there. So that's, that's in that moment, I started to think to myself, who, what is the territory that I've already got? What, what's talking about. And uh, in sharing that with my wife, she, she was able to explain to me and just, we talked about it. And I thought, you know, my territory is my businesses. At that point, I had about 100 employees in two of my companies. And I thought, you know what, I'll start ministering to them. That's the territory I've got. So I set up Bible studies in my companies, but I didn't feel like I should lead it. So I, I invited a pastor um, to come and speak at it, and I would open it up, give everyone lunch, and just say, anyone who wants to stay, Wednesdays you could stay and have a free lunch and listen to the message. And we would do that at lunchtime. We started inviting other companies that were right around us, and people would just start showing up. So that's, that's how all of that began. 
Now, when all that was going on, uh, some incredible things happened to you personally uh, from this pastor praying for you that changed your life forever. And we're going to talk about that when we come back. But first, David, your resources, I'm telling you, your you told me on the phone the other day, I just hope I'm saying it right, that you wrote this book. It's a, it's a pretty hefty book. You wrote it in three days by revelation of the Holy Spirit. Yes, absolutely. That's incredible. What is this book going to do for people, Seeds of Faith? Well, I think the first thing that's nice is it's a very fast read. I mean, I, I say it myself, but people have told me that they just don't put it down. Um, I think more than anything, it's funny because the title is Seeds of Faith, but literally it sparks your faith on fire through the truthfulness and the transparencies of the stories. But God showed me to write this, but he showed me such a unique way where when I wrote it, what it became was he showed me there were five major pillars in my life and 22 major life lessons. And I wrote down every story of my life in business, ministry, um, in my childhood. And then what God had me do was lay out the five pillars and then I stood at a counter, shut my eyes, and I would hold up a card, and he'd say, put that under number 22, number 15, number 4. And literally, hours later, when I opened my eyes, what he showed me is every chapter title is a piece of a Bible verse, for example, apart from faith. And then what happens is in that chapter, there's a story from the Bible, from my childhood, from my business and my ministry, and all of those stories weave together to complete the Bible verse and teach the life lesson. Nice. So it's not just about people learning about me in this book. It's about the lessons of life and the building and standing on uh, an unshakable faith, that we don't tell people how to have faith through the examples the faith fires up by the Holy Spirit through reading it, and it comes to life because it's Bible, Bible, Bible. So it was just a very unique experience. When I opened my eyes, I was stunned. The whole book was literally laid out in front of me, and all I had to put in was the punctuation and tie the things together, and the book was done. And you also, David, did an exclusive three-CD set for us on, on uh, how to learn to receive and keep your healing, which you teach uh, everywhere you go, how to pray for others to be healed. You have such a tenacity, uh, which we'll get into in the next segment, uh, of of how to how to how to how to get healed and how to pray for people and how to keep your healing and you talk about how to be influenced by the Holy Spirit and you you pray for people and uh, prayer of impartation and healing and I love that we're going to be right back with the next stage of David's life. If anyone understands the power of seeds, it is David Turner. He had a business that was earning $120 million a year selling seeds. When David Turner began reading the Bible, he realized it had a lot to do with planting and harvest. What he learned was not only how to harvest physical seeds resulting from his multi-million dollar business, but how to bring about a supernatural harvest as the result of planting God's supernatural seeds from heaven. Now, David Turner wants to impart what he has been given so you can begin to experience Experience what Jesus promised. I came to give you life, life more abundantly. Call now and get David Turner's powerful book, Seeds of Faith, and his anointed three-part audio CD teaching, Walking in the Miraculous, exclusive for our rich supernatural audience. Yours for a donation of $35. Shipping and handling is included. Ask for offer number 9519. David Turner's powerful book, Seeds of Faith, was downloaded to him by revelation of the Holy Spirit. It contains 22 powerful life lessons that will help propel you into a life of favor, supernatural abundance, and the 
the miraculous. Through this book, you will travel with David on a journey through the landscape of the miraculous. Receive supernatural faith as you read his personal experiences with Jesus. Realize that you too can have a life marked by an amazing supernatural relationship with God. Receive a transformation concerning your thoughts and heart about the reality and accessibility of miracles. Begin receiving your healing, your miracle, and your breakthrough in a tangible way like never before. Through David's powerful three-part audio CD teaching, Walking in the Miraculous, you will learn how to receive and keep your healing, discover how to pray effectively for others to be healed, find out how to experience and be influenced moment by moment by the presence of the Holy Spirit in your life like never before. Included in this CD teaching series are David's prayers of impartation for you to begin walking in the supernatural power of God moment by moment every day. We have had so many miracles with, as I say, body miracles, cancers, every type of sickness. But every believer, first when I show them the miracles, then I come back and teach them, this is your life. You don't need to call David Turner every time you need a healing. You call on Jesus and I show you how. Now, this is a man that I can tell you from personal experience carries the presence of God. I believe that when you read the book, Seeds of Faith, and the exclusive three-CD set, Walking in the Miraculous, David's not holding anything back. He wants you to do better than him. I believe we're coming into a time where your plan A will not be doctor anymore. Your plan A will be God, and that's where it should have always been. Anything he can do, you not only must do, you will do. Don't miss out on getting David Turner's powerful book, Seeds of Faith, and his anointed three-part audio CD teaching, Walking in the Miraculous, exclusive for our rich supernatural audience, yours for a donation of $35. Shipping and handling is included. Ask for offer number 9519. Call or you can send your check to Sid Roth. It's Supernatural, P.O. Box 39222, Charlotte, North Carolina, 28278. Please specify offer number 9519 or log on to Sid Work. Call or write today. Okay, we're back with David Turner. And David, when this pastor, where we left off in the last segment, this pastor uh, would come and he would minister to your employees. And and your wife, uh, the woman of God that she is, she felt like you needed to spend a little extra time with this pastor. Why, why is that? She did, because, you know, all the things that had happened in my childhood, I knew all the worldly things to say. You know, if you're happy with who you are today, you got to be happy with everything that happens to you because it all helps frame and make who you are. You know, I knew every, every psychological point of view and what people would say in counseling. So I understood all that, and I was doing just fine in my life, especially on the outside. But obviously, the wounds that we get from the things that happen to us are the things that devastate us and impact our life, and those are the things that Jesus wants to set us free from. But at that moment, I just knew the worldly answers. So my wife, along with this friend who had originally called this pastor, um, helped me get him to come to our, uh, to do our meeting, said, why don't you go see this pastor, and uh, he'll pray for that, and he'll break that off your life. And I'm thinking, what is it, like an icicle or a barnacle? You know, he's going to break it off my life. That's ridiculous. But um, it took me three months, but I said, fine, I'll go see this guy. And uh, thinking that's ah, just another counseling session, and I'll just uh, go meet with him and talk about all this stuff. He's, eh, it's fine. It can't hurt. So um, I go in to speak to him and uh, had everything what I would have shared or that. He doesn't let me speak one word. 
he has me sit down and he spends two hours talking to me and showing me every verse and talking to me about the Bible and the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And at the end of it, he said to me, what do you think? And literally I said, do I just, you know, because I'm a guy who just does what I think. I keep it real. I said, well, what I think is that I'm exhausted. You wore me out. <laughs> and uh, he says, no, no, really, what do you think? I said, well, I always pray two prayers in my life. God has given me this ability to pray prayers that I don't even know beforehand what I'm praying for. And I said, those two prayers are, God, I want to know you better. And I, the other prayer was, I want all that you have for me. So this man says, this pastor, he says, good enough for me. You stand up, hold your hands in the air, and I'm going to pray for you. So I stand up, he starts praying for me. When he's praying, all of a sudden, it was like this wind went through my body, like head to toe. And the way I describe it is, I grew up in Buffalo. It's like if you sat at a restaurant in the winter too near the door, and every time the door opens, a draft door, right. except it was on the inside of me. Mm. So, so all of a sudden this goes through me, and I'm, going, I'm thinking, what was that? As I'm thinking that, he starts asking me, he's saying things that I don't even, he couldn't possibly know. I, at the time, I didn't know, but it was words of knowledge. So then he says to me, I'm, my mind is just spinning and racing, and he, all of a sudden he says, what do you know about healing? I said to him, literally, I, my exact words, I said, I know what happens in the Bible. And he goes, no, no, it actually happens today. I literally said word for word, I said, no disrespect, Pastor, I'll believe it when I see it. Mm. And he says to me, you won't see it, you'll do it. And I said, why don't I just see it first, and then we'll talk about it. <laughs> and uh, so that was it, and I wound up going home that night. And this is the mental state I was in, just to give you an idea. You talk about, I, I was an honest skeptic, meaning some people are so skeptical that their minds made up, don't confuse them with facts. Right. It was not me. I had an open heart. God, I'm willing to see the truth, but you got to show me. So, so if I'm shown the truth, I'm not going to just argue from my wrong point of view. So all of a sudden, I, uh, I go home and I said, I think this pastor tricked me. You know what he did? He had me hold my hands up in the air so long that I think my arms went numb, and that's why that oh, wow. gone through me. <laughs> that's a, so that's what I'm thinking. So I go, well, I know how I'll prove that. I'm going to hold my hands up for 20 minutes because he prayed for like 20 minutes, and I'll see it happen again, and I'll know he tricked me. So I'm standing there. That night, my wife goes to the grocery store. I'll never forget. I'm standing in front of a, a plate glass window that at night it looked like a mirror. I could see myself in the mirror, in the, in the image, in the window. My hands are up to the heavens. I'm holding it, and I'm literally waiting 20 minutes to see this happen again. And as I'm sitting there, I'm thinking, I feel like I lost something, like when your wallet or your keys are missing. And you don't know what it is, but something's gone. So all of a sudden, I'm thinking, I feel like I lost something. All of a sudden, it hits me. My past, it's gone. Oh, that's incredible. And I was freaked out. What, it was literally a miracle. What happened, it was two ways, and I explain it this way. What happened is, half the stories I used to tell about my childhood, they were completely gone. I couldn't even remember them. The other half, and I mean, it was bad. It was so bad that when I would go into restaurants, if, if they would offer fish on the menu as a special, my wife would be yelling, like, signaling to the waiter, like, don't tell them, don't tell them. Because when they'd offer me fish, I wouldn't say, no, thank you. I'd say, you know, my grandmother shoved fish down my throat, and I had to sit there for eight hours till it was cold. And my oh, dad man. when I was little. So she's passed away, and I'm still getting even with her. That was an average night at a restaurant. With wow. Me. In other words, I had a few. I guess you could say my wife said I had a few issues from my past. Right, right, so, right. So, so half these stories are gone, 
instantly. The other half, the way I describe them is this. It's as if you had been in a war like Vietnam. It's the difference between being in the trenches watching your buddies get shot versus, and blown up versus you're at home, you don't know anyone over there, and you're reading about it in the newspaper. You have the facts, but there's no emotions attached to it. And from that day till now, all those stories of my past have never come up again. That day they were instantly healed. So that was – I didn't consider it a miracle. It is a miracle, but at the moment it was just like – Wow. You were completely free from all that stuff. I was instantly free from all the stuff of my past. Now, after the pastor prayed for you, something else happened. And this is what we're going to talk about in the rest of the show. That day, you felt like the gift of healing was also activated uh, in your life. And I want everybody, these are David's words. I want everybody to know this at home. Every type of miracle that has been seen in the Bible David has seen in his ministry. And I am telling you, David Turner knows how to pray for healing. Not only that, he knows how to teach you how to receive your healing and walk it out. Now, David, your first miracle was kind of a real unique one here. It was with a professional football player, Andre Wadsworth. What happened? Well, and I'll tell you that, but actually what happened leading up to that from the moment of my past being healed first miracles were actually in my own body. At that time, a couple of days later, I had had a compressed disc in my back. So I, I woke up, it was more of a complaint than a prayer. I said, Jesus, you could take this from me if you wanted to. That's all I said. Instantly, it was healed. I tell my wife, the pain is gone. And she goes, Jesus healed you. I'm like, come on, stop that ridiculous, simple faith. <laughs> and I had said it myself, he, you can take this from me. But when he actually did, I could hardly believe it. So that was the first miracle. Days later, that's when I start thinking about this football player, Andre Wadsworth. Now, did you know Did you know him personally up to that point? No, I had never. I did not know him. I knew of him through I like football. Right. I read about him in the papers. I knew that he had two career-ending injuries, but I had never met him. Okay. But I can't stop thinking about this guy. Ten times a day is coming into my mind. And I said to my wife, I think God wants me to go pray for this guy. But I said, you know what? I've been around some professional athletes and famous people. You know, they're normal people, and it drives me crazy when people run up to them Everyone has a word of God for them, for right. God for them, you right. know, and there's all this wackiness and craziness. I can understand why it'd be hard for them to receive anyone or believe. So, um, so I said, I'm not going to do that. That's, that's wacky. So what happened is that Saturday I'm running in my gym on a treadmill in, in at my house and, uh, I literally go down and I tear all the ligaments in my knee. I fall off the treadmill. My, my leg gives out. And I knew how bad it was because 10 years earlier I'd had reconstructive surgery on my other knee. So literally I was carried by multiple people to my bedroom, and I laid there all day knowing Monday I would go for surgery. And I couldn't sleep. I was in agony. In fact, when you tear a ligament, people who have torn it know. Oh, you man. even sneeze. You're screaming in pain. It hurts so bad. So... So I'm laying there all day. My wife rubs my leg that night for like two hours, and all of, I finally fall asleep. Well, all of a sudden at 2 in the morning, I look, I wake bolt upright. I look up. The clock says 2, two o'clock, two zero zero, And all of a sudden I said, Jesus, are you trying to show me something? First this man with my past, then my arm, then this Andre Wadsworth thing, now my knee. I was like, if you're trying to show me, I said, God, I'm thick as, you know, I, I have a thick skull, but I want you. If you're trying to speak to me, you've got to bang me over the head with the frying pan. I'll listen. And I said, here's the deal, God. 
I said, number one, I was like, I'm not a Pharisee or a Sadducee. I'm not, I'm not challenging you, Jesus, but you know all the phoniness I've seen in my life and the pain I've been through with all the hypocrisy and things I've seen. So, God, you know I need to know that I know that I know. If you are here and you heal today, touch my knee right now. When you heal it, I will know I know how bad it is. So I will, the devil can tell me I'm crazy. People can tell me I'm crazy. I would know that I know that I know if you heal this knee. I said, by the way, God, it's not cancer. I'm not going to die. I don't need it. They'll do surgery. I said, but I'm wanting this healing to know you, not just to be convenienced with my leg. And one more thing, not bargaining with you, Jesus, but I know better than that by now. But if you heal me, I'll also know you were speaking to me about this man, Andre Wadsworth. I'll go pray for him. I put my hand on my knee in the name of Jesus, power of the Holy Spirit, heal my knee. Instantly, I jumped off the bed like a pogo stick. Wow. On the bad leg, I'm jumping up and down, screaming at the top of my lungs. My wife wakes up from a sound sleep. What is going on? And I said one of the most profound words I've ever said in my life. I said, I am devastated. She goes, isn't that bad? I said, yes, I'm devastated. But no, I'm devastated in a good way. I've touched the hem of the robe of Jesus Christ. Mm, my that's life. good. That's good. And then, and then, from what I understand, the next day you found Andre Wadsworth, and, and you prayed for him, and he, his knees were healed. He, he was. The next day I said, well, we're going to find Andre Wadsworth. I'm going to be faithful. God healed my knees. So we go to the church where—actually, the pastor that had prayed for me, I— knew that he went to that church. And I had never gone to the church because I was afraid of what they call spirit-filled or charismatic churches. I thought, you know, these are the crazy people that roll down aisles and lose their minds. So I had never walked through the doors of a church like that. So I go to this church, figuring he'd be there. Sure enough, he's standing outside uh, with um, handing out bulletins and welcoming people. So I walk up to him. I shook his hand. I said, Andre, you don't know me. But I said, uh, I'm not a fanatic. I'm a businessman. And I said, my name's David Turner. I feel like God wants me to pray for you. Can I pray after church? And he met with me after church. You know, there was such a glory of God. I felt like I was two feet off the ground during that service with my, my own healing. When I meet him afterwards, he's so conservative. He wouldn't even just let anybody pray for him. But he felt like God showed him I could pray. So I shared the whole story with him, as I'm sharing today, even with more detail. And I said, no disrespect, Andre, but who are you to me? I can't stop thinking about you. I believe God sent me to heal you. So I pray for his knees. When I pray, I feel heat go right through my hands. I don't always feel that, by the way. Sometimes I feel nothing. People just get healed. Wow. But in this moment, God was working with me. So he, I feel this heat, and I'm thinking, maybe athletes have hot knees. What is <laughs> really my exact thought. So I don't know. So uh I get up, I leave, and that was it. And I said, you know, well, I did what I promised God I would do and never look back. But three days later, I get a phone call. He had gotten my phone number, and he said, David, Andre Wadsworth here. He goes, the last three days, he goes, I've been on crutches for three years, 13 surgeries of the best doctors in the nation, and I've not been able to get off these crutches and my knees be healed. He goes, but the last three days at rehab are the best three days I've had. Whatever you're doing, just keep doing it. And uh, and it was funny because um, uh, so a couple of days later, as I'm praying, I have this dream. And the, I feel like the Holy Spirit's telling me to go fast for seven days and go pray for him again. I've never fasted at this point one day in my life, ever. I've never missed a meal. And uh, 
And so I fast for someone I don't even know. And I'm thinking I'm going to have to take time off work and lay in bed with a conference. It was the best seven days I ever felt. But uh, I didn't realize we needed such little food. And um, so it was amazing. So during this fast, I have a dream. And in that dream, I see that Andre is uh, getting up. He's running on a treadmill, and then he's playing again in the NFL. So I actually called him and told him, I see this dream. And he goes, dude, I, I just want to chase my kids around the living room. I, I, I don't care about football anymore. He goes, so I said, well, I'm just telling you what I believe God showed me. So I go that next Sunday, the seven days fast is up. Before I break the fast, I pray for him. And he gets up and he goes, I feel no pain. Then I went with him and his wife. We went to Tommy Bahamas in Scottsdale for lunch, and it has stairs to get upstairs to the restaurant. And we went with my wife and his wife. We went to have lunch, and he goes, I haven't walked stairs in three years, and I don't have pain. So the next day I go to Chicago. I'm on business, and I'm so excited. I'm literally calling everyone in my cell phone going, Jesus, he's real. And people are going, aren't you a Christian? And I'm going, no, no, let me tell you, Jesus, he's alive. He's real. Wow. And, and I'm calling everyone in my phone. And I'm, I'm freaking out. I can't wait to get home. So that night, I put on my phone, and he goes, David, he goes, I was at rehab today. They were freaked out. They literally said, tomorrow they're going to put me on a treadmill without a harness. And because um, he was, a harness holds like two-thirds of his weight when he would walk on the treadmill. So I'm so excited. I'm calling everyone. I can't wait to get home. I fly home to Phoenix, turn on my phone the next night, and I get the message, David Andre Wadsworth here. I'm like, Stop with the last name. I know who you are. (laughs) He goes, goes, uh, today was like a miracle. He goes, they took the harness off. I ran 20 sprints, no pain. The next day, he squatted 600 pounds. Wow. Fall, he played played football again for the New York Jets. God had given me that one and honored it, and he wound up playing for the New York Jets. Uh, um, So uh, that was the first healing, and then after that, it, it all took off. Now, you provided some wonderful materials for the people that are listening and how they can receive their miracle and how they can walk in their healing. Tell me about this book and three CD set. Yeah, I think the biggest thing, as I was saying, is it builds your faith. You know, the key is the third part of it, which is how to live under the influence of the Holy Spirit. You know, so many people, they want, they want the healing. But it's not about the healing. It's about the healer. You have to look past the healing to the healer, and that's what brings the healing. I always tell people, for example, they always, how do I activate prophecy and gifts and, and healing? And I tell them, if you focus on that, you never will. God has already put that gift in you. It's like a seed that's in the ground. It's already there. Our job is to water it so it grows. So how do we water it? With the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is we grow in that, and we grow in Jesus, walking under the influence of the Holy Spirit that it will water it and it will come about. So we can be healed, we can walk in healing, but ultimately the whole key, you know, I used to want people to be healed because I told them Jesus healed and I didn't want to be embarrassed. Then I was intoxicated by the power. You know, someone just puts down their crutches when you pray for them. It's unbelievable. But then God didn't leave me there. The Lord was speaking to me one day and said, David, I heal my people because I love them. I want them to know me. So what it is, is we have to move past, not, oh, my leg hurts, I want healing. Jesus, I want my leg healed so I can go for you. I like that. Jesus, if I have a frozen shoulder, I don't want it healed because it hurts. I want it healed so I can raise up hands and worship you. When our heart moves, when our heart moves past 
the healing to the healer, that's when we receive, that's when we can pray. Everything is based on love. The love of Jesus flowing through us brings about all those things just as a byproduct. So you teach, like even, Lord, uh, heal my diabetes so I can have more of a life to serve you. It's that kind of thing. Well, technically, yes and no, because, in fact, that's one of the things I teach, what you just said right there. So many Christians pray, oh, Lord, heal this or heal that or do this, do that. God never asked us to beg him for anything. He said, "He said, I have given you all authority on heaven and on earth. Go heal the sick, cast out demons, tell them the kingdom of God has come, Matthew 10, 8, Luke 10, 9. So it's not, oh, God, please heal my diabetes. It's in the name of Jesus, you, the spirit of diabetes, get out of my body. I plead the blood of Jesus. I am healed by the stripes of Jesus, Isaiah 53, 4, and 5. By your stripes, I am healed. I receive it in the name of Jesus. That's actually taking authority and praying, not begging God to, to do it for us. Amen. And, and when we come back, we're going to have David teach a little bit on healing and miracles and maybe another story or two. And you're going to hear something that you don't hear every day that he did in 2015. We'll be right back. If anyone understands the power of seeds, it is David Turner. He had a business that was earning $120 million a year selling seeds. When David Turner began reading the Bible, he realized it had a lot to do with planting and harvest. What he learned was not only how to harvest physical seeds resulting from his multi-million dollar business, but how to bring about a supernatural harvest as the result of planting God's supernatural seeds from heaven. Now, David Turner wants to impart what he has been given so you can begin to experience Experience what Jesus promised. I came to give you life, life more abundantly. Call now and get David Turner's powerful book, Seeds of Faith, and his anointed three-part audio CD teaching, Walking in the Miraculous, exclusive for our It's Supernatural audience. Yours for a donation of $35. Shipping and handling is included. Ask for offer number 9519. David Turner's powerful book, Seeds of Faith, was downloaded to him by revelation of the Holy Spirit. It contains 22 powerful life lessons that will help propel you into a life of favor, supernatural abundance, and the miraculous. Through this book, you will travel with David on a journey through the landscape of the miraculous. Receive supernatural faith as you read his personal experiences with Jesus. Realize that you too can have a life marked by an amazing supernatural relationship with God. Receive a transformation concerning your thoughts and heart about the reality and accessibility of miracles. Begin receiving your healing, your miracle, and your breakthrough in a tangible way like never before. Through David's powerful three-part audio CD teaching, Walking in the Miraculous, you will learn how to receive and keep your healing. Discover how to pray effectively for others to be healed. Find out how to experience and be influenced moment by moment by the presence of the Holy Spirit in your life like never before. Included in this CD teaching series are David's prayers of impartation for you to begin walking in the supernatural power of God moment by moment every day. We have had so many miracles with, as I say, body miracles miracles, cancers, every type of sickness. But every believer, first when I show them the miracles, then I come back and teach them, this is your life. You don't need to call David Turner every time you need a healing. You call on Jesus and I show you how. Now, this is a man that I can tell you from personal experience carries the presence of God. I believe that when you read the book, Seeds of Faith, 
and the exclusive three CD set, Walking in the Miraculous, David's not holding anything back. He wants you to do better than him. I believe we're coming into a time where your plan A will not be doctor anymore. Your plan A will be God, and that's where it should have always been. Anything he can do, you not only must do, you will do. Don't miss out on getting David Turner's powerful book, Seeds of Faith, and his anointed three-part audio CD teaching, Walking in the Miraculous, exclusive for our rich supernatural audience. Yours for a donation of $35. Shipping and handling is included. Ask for offer number 9519. Call or you can send your check to Sid Roth. It's Supernatural, P.O. Box 39222, Charlotte, North Carolina, 28278. Please specify offer number 9519 or log on to sidroth.org. Call or write today. Okay, David, in 2015, you did something that, you know, we we just don't hear a lot of, to be honest with you. Um, in fact, uh, Jesus asked a young man in the Bible to do the same thing, and he, he went away sad because he couldn't do it. And then in 2015, with the businesses that you were over, the you actually had a revenue of $120 million dollars. But you did something in 2015 that, again, like I said, you don't you don't hear every day. What did you do? Well, um, I actually I sold the companies because, you know, for the last since 2004, I've been like a weekend warrior. I work all week creating revenue, and then I would travel on weekends to do ministry, like a you know a weekend warrior, and then be back Monday morning to work again. And um, I would use the money of my from the businesses for the ministry to fund it, which was very important to me because when I saw the miracles of Jesus, I didn't want people to say, I'm saying Jesus heals because I'm trying to raise money. So I just committed right then, God, I'll use my own money for ministry, and I'll never ask for anything from anybody. And to this day, I've never asked anyone for a dollar. I've funded my own ministries. So for me, unlike the rich young ruler, I was excited to sell my... You know, I see miracles every day. I thank God. Some people have to believe in faith by the Word, which we should. Blessed are those who believe without seeing. But God has allowed me to see. I tell my kids all the time, we see miracles every weekend. We don't wonder if Jesus exists, if heaven is real. We're seeing it every week with children, old people, young people, foreign countries, America. There's no question to us. So to me... I couldn't wait, you know, to sell my companies so that I could get the revenue and be able to do ministry funded by my own companies that God blessed me with for the rest of my life. And, and, and let me ask you this, because you're obviously a millionaire and after selling these businesses, you you feel no pressure to go into the smallest church, which you do do, you go from the smallest church to a large uh, a meeting overseas, you're not pressured or motivated by money uh, in any way whatsoever. No, that's the beauty of it. In fact, I, I've flown to Amsterdam to pray for one person because the Holy Spirit wow. told me to. And, and that person, literally, I flew over there, I prayed for them, and I actually wound up two people for one, both <laughs> instant miracles, and, uh, and uh, I flew home eight hours later and spent my own money to do it. Because my whole goal in my life, you know, we have one life. I always say with this one life we have to live, I want to serve the King, serve Jesus. So my goal is not to have more money, have less. We're not taking it with us when we die. And what I'm building for my children is a foundation and a legacy in who they are in Jesus Christ, not in terms of 
cash in the bank. So I'm not worried about that. For me, my joy is going places and seeing the manifestation of the Holy Spirit, healings, miracles, people's lives transformed, marriages transformed with the real power of Jesus, which I believe is what's been missing in the church now. The church sometimes tries to go after the way the world builds, and we can't compete. But what we have to compete is with the power of God. Jesus said, Mark 9, 1, the kingdom of God comes in power. So I pray. By the way, the miracles don't happen when I'm on stage. The miracles happen when I spend hours in my bedroom. Oh, come on. Out to heaven and binding the demons. There you go. In the name of Jesus, I bind every evil spirit of infirmity and sickness and cancer. I'm beating on those demons in the spiritual realm, Matthew 16, 19. Day and night. So when I step out on that stage, what happens is literally they're saying, I know Jesus, I know Paul, I know David Turner. And literally the devil in them is starting to tremble. You know, I was on a stage one time, this woman, I just walked up to her. She just starts trembling. She runs to the back of the room. Then she runs at me full speed. And I thought she's going to run me down. And she says she falls and prostrates at my feet. Then she gets up, screams, runs to the back of the room, does the same thing again. All of a sudden, I realized what was going on. The devil in her was literally seeing Jesus in me. And that's why she was prostrating. And I said, rise up in the name of Jesus. You, the serpent spirit, come out of her in the name of Jesus. And immediately she fell to the ground, passed out, and she got up completely delivered. So... It's more glory, the more power of God in our lives, the more, I always say, you know, John 3.30, you must increase, we must decrease. So I tell people, all of self, none of Jesus, some of self, some of Jesus, none of self, all of Jesus. We got to get rid of ourselves, more of Jesus, we'll automatically see all the things that Jesus saw happening, John 14.12, we'll see it in our lives. But David, that's too simple. And the Jesus was always simple, and so is my ministry. I tell people, First <laughs> Corinthians two, four, and five. I come with the, not with the words of the wisdom of man. Simple message of the gospel, demonstration of the power. That's how we have to walk. That's what draws people to Jesus. Amen. I'm glad you said that because I read that chapter today in in First Corinthians chapter two. Now, let me give you a scenario, putting you on the spot here, and I I'm telling you, you gave the one of the greatest keys to. Uh, for someone who has a ministry, wants to pray for people, which there's an increase on that in, a, in an authentic way of people wanting to be used by God uh, to change the world. And you said one of the greatest keys is everything that you do before you get to the stage. I mean, every, every young minister in the entire world should know that uh, and take that to heart. But let me give you a, a hypothetical scenario based on what you just said. Okay, you have a, you have a, a, a husband who is, whose wife is chronically sick, or you have a two parents whose whose daughter is is going through chemotherapy, cancer, or you, you get what I'm saying. That home at that house, what teach them how to begin to believe for their spouse's miracle? Of course, you know the person's got to learn to receive and take a hold. But I'm asking you, David, because you you see miracles because you get filled with the presence of God prior to your meeting. So it begs a question, if if a husband gets full of God, does that help his wife receive her miracle or their kids and so on and so forth? Well, the answer is multiple fold. First of all, God is merciful. I see people who have no faith get healed. <laughs> so, so, and God will use our faith to heal them. 
and he'll do it if they don't know him, especially if they're not saved because he's showing them who he is. But when we're believers, he expects us to come to a higher level of faith for our healing. That's why it's easier for me to go into a crowd where people don't know Jesus and see instant miracles than even in the church. Uh, I always hope there's unsaved people because when they get start getting healed, then the faith rises in the people. I always say people are called believers, but when it comes to the full word, it's hard for people to believe, right. which I understand and Jesus understands too. But more importantly, I'll give you one example. People are asking you to pray, but they're asking most of the time out of fear. So the first thing I'll teach people is this. You know, I'll come into a room where someone has cancer, and they're asking me to pray, but at the same time, they're making funeral arrangements. And I tell people, you've made a pact with death. I can pray all I want. It's not going to help. Mm. So so the first thing we have to do as a family is believe for that person, not let our fear take—fear kills people more than the sickness, wow. because it opens the door, and then all the devils come rushing in. So most of the time, it's more spiritual and demonic than it is— physical symptoms when people are dying. Cancer is a spirit, and fear is a spirit. So when we cast it out, it has to go. People don't know that, and that's why Hosea 4.6 says, my people die for lack of knowledge, because we're not knowing what's going on. We're not understanding it. We're begging God to heal us, or we're fearful. But but the problem is, James 1, verse uh, um, 6 to 8, it says that if you, you must believe and not doubt, otherwise you'd be like the wave tossed about by the wind on the ocean. So you can't have one camp in the, I'm setting up for the funeral, on the other hand, in, God, I'm believing for you to heal this person. There's no faith in that. We're double-minded. We should expect nothing from Jesus. So the first thing we have to do is come into unity as a family and agree on the healing. I always tell people, by the way, because I'm so much about what's real, I never, I don't go off the deep end on the other side either saying, oh, when, when people come on stage, you know what I tell them? Don't say, if the pain's not gone and you can't raise your arm, don't say you're healed. That's a lie. You don't need to lie to defend Jesus. What you say is, but if you say I'm not healed, you lose your healing. So what it is is, I believe I'm healed because the Word says I'm healed. I haven't received the manifestation yet. It means it's coming, just like the Word to Daniel was coming, but it wasn't there yet, but God already did the work. That's what we have to understand. And, and David, you have seen so many incredible healings. I mean, you were in a meeting where everybody that came up got healed. And you, you've seen barren women uh, receive uh, children. And you love to teach people how to receive their healing and how, how to walk in the miraculous. We have a few more minutes left, David. I just want to turn it over to you for these next few minutes before we close and if you could pray for people, of course, but whatever is the Holy Spirit is giving you to share, to teach uh, for about two or three minutes, uh, we just want you to go for it. Sure. You know, first thing to understand, Hebrews 13, 8, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. We have to, it's very simple, lift up the name of Jesus, speak the pure Word of God, not stories, not funny stuff for people. That touches their soul, and it's out in an hour. It doesn't help them. But by the Word, pierces the Spirit. So when we start speaking the Word specifically with verses, Jesus loves when we quote the Bible to Him. So we must speak the Word, lift up the name of Jesus, the Holy Spirit comes. When the Holy Spirit comes, Isaiah 10, 27, the anointing breaks the yoke. It's not magical. It's just simply the Word of God that's alive and active, Hebrews 4, 12. So we have to come into that understanding. We have to believe. Walking in the presence, walking in the Holy Spirit, and wanting to walk 
for his presence. You know, Moses wanted the presence of God. The, the Israelites wanted the promise of God. The promise is his provision and protection. Then when they got what they wanted, they worshipped. The moment they didn't, they walked away. So we have to want the presence of God in God's presence automatically all these things begin to happen. Your financial issues, your healing issues, they all come. He says in that moment when you're in his presence, Isaiah 65, 24, before you ask, I will answer. While you speak, I will hear. Before you even speak, I want to tell you, children of God, I never ask God for anything. I just, my heart is to build his kingdom, to run for him, to do for him. And you know what? He keeps lavishing money on me, help on me, uh, open doors for me. But I'm not asking for any of it. I'm just asking for his presence. But we know Matthew 6, 33, we seek first his kingdom. All those other things are added, and it has to be added with a pure heart. It can't be, oh, I want to be famous. I want to be known. I want to make money for this. God, I just want to be with you. When, that, when that's our heart attitude, his glory comes. When his glory comes, no devil can affect your family, your finances, your health. Automatically, you'll walk in that health and healing. And then you can learn that then the technicalities or the, the ways of healing and be able to pray and believe for other people. But it all starts with the foundation of faith. Let me pray for you all right now. And I encourage you with the book, with the CDs, it's really about getting you the information so you can walk in a new and glorious way in Jesus Christ. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Right now, Lord Jesus Christ, every person listening, your Holy Spirit anointing, fall upon them right now. Kingdom of God, God, wherever they're at, if they know you up to their toe, let them be to the ankle. If they know you to the ankle, let them come to the knees. If they know you to the knees, to the shoulders. And God, if they know you to the shoulders, let them swim. Swim in the knowledge of you, God, whatever they need. The miracle, their healing, their finances. God, you know there's a difference between miracles and healing. Miracles are instantaneous. Healings are out of and out of the bounds of natural law. A miracle, a healing, can take an hour, a day, a week, but we have to stand and believe, and you'll do it, God. Lord Jesus, give them the wisdom, the knowledge, the understanding, the faith, oh God. You said faith comes by hearing, and hearing the word of God. Romans 10, 17, in the name of Jesus, let them hear your word to the point of saturation, to where they're swimming in the knowledge of you, Lord Jesus Christ. Right now, God, whatever the needs of your people, meet it. Bring, God, the kingdom in their life today. Love, joy, peace, righteousness, for Romans 14, 17, in the name of Jesus Christ. Kingdom of God be advanced through each of these beloved, precious children of God. In the name of Jesus, fire up their faith. Inspire them, Lord Jesus Christ, to walk with you. Oh, God, let their bones burn with fire for you and zeal. Let the kingdom of God be advanced. Touch them, Lord Jesus. Every depression, discouragement, disappointment be gone from their life in the name of Jesus. I release them. I set them free for the glory of God in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 Thank you, David. Now, you have to get a hold of his resources, Seeds of Faith, and his exclusive three-CD set. Uh, It will challenge you. It will encourage you. Uh, He prays for you. He imparts to you. Get a hold of these resources. You've been listening to Messianic Vision with our special guest, David Turner. And now here's Sid to tell you how you can get this special offer. David Turner knows that if God can use him, he can use anyone. Now David wants to mentor you in healing and miracles as God has mentored him in his book, Seeds of Faith, and his exclusive three-CD set, Walking in the Miraculous. Call now for David Turner's book, Seeds of Faith, and his exclusive three-CD set, 
walking in the miraculous for an investment of 35 U.S. dollars. To order, call 1-800-447-2697. Once again, that's 1-800-447-2697. Or go to our website at sidroth.org. That's S-I-D-R-O-T-H dot O-R-G. David Turner's book, Seeds of Faith, and his exclusive three-CD set, Walking in the Miraculous, offer number 9519 for an investment of 35 U.S. dollars. Be sure to ask for offer number 9519. Once again, that's offer number 9519.